The issues around crime have long been reported here on 360. On Friday, though, we finally got a bit of insight into the stats from a year-on-year perspective, and the numbers aren't looking good. Now, joining me in the studio is the Chief Minister, Natasha Files. Good morning to you. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, listeners. Now, Chief Minister, the year-on-year stats are pretty shocking when it comes to the crime numbers. Um, I've just obviously read those out throughout the opener. Are you as upset about this situation as the rest of us? Yes, Katie. So these are, as you've just outlined, these are the August statistics and, of course, I'm disappointed uh, in them and that's why you've seen over the past few weeks we've really stepped up measures and hopefully we'll start to see an impact from those measures um, and they're varied and we need tailored measures right across the, the Territory to focus on those statistics and the solutions we need. Yeah, the biggest concerns seem to be, I mean, in some areas they've obviously gone down, like some of those different numbers across the board but in some of those areas you know commercial break-ins in Darwin up 76.47 percent I mean that's just one number your commercial break-ins in Catherine 82.48 percent it's becoming near impossible for people to be able to run a commercial business. Katie so that's why you saw us recently um, announced that we want to do the business secure blitz heading into Christmas we've got small business champions we know that business owners just want to get on with running their business they're struggling to get work workers. They don't need uh, this on top of that. So get in contact with the small business champions. We can help you do that security through environmental design. And that's also that trespass legislation that we've discussed that we are changing. Now, I I think you and I have had so many discussions about this. So my thoughts are pretty clear that we need to stop that behaviour before we get to the point where somebody's actually being broken into. But can I ask, what are police telling you that the factors are with this spike that we're seeing around Darwin and Alice? So we're certainly seeing a displacement of people and that is causing these issues. We've seen significant unrest out in Wadi and we've put an investment out there and that's been multifaceted working with the council out there, the NGOs and the traditional owners, really providing those supports into that community. It's a big community uh, and it's certainly had its challenges this year. So your listeners, Katie, can be assured that this as Chief Minister is my absolute priority and it's not just one thing and it's not just into the future. There's both immediate and long-term measures in place. So with Wadi at this point in time, because we get calls all the time about vehicles being stolen, taken out to what air. Um, is there work that's currently underway around this situation and how big an impact do you feel that it's having right now on the issues we're seeing with crime? Yeah, so we have seen that information from police around targeting of some of those older vehicles that don't have the security measures that we see in newer vehicles and, and really reminding people to, to put those ignition locks on and, and to make sure keys are stored away where they can't easily be accessed. But this is a challenge for us and we're certainly putting significant resources to it. How do you reckon it's gotten to this point? Oh, Katie, why it's has very, it been allowed to? Yeah, it's very complex and it, it's not something that you can answer in a simple radio grab. These are complex issues with generational trauma, um, you know, other factors that are driving it. But we certainly have to uh, not just say it's all too hard. We need to do that work and it will take months and years to see those results. So do you have any idea how many people we've got in and around Darwin at the moment who are displaced as a result of what going on in Wadi? Katie, I'll have to get you a figure off air and happy to provide that through next time we chat. We certainly have seen over recent months a decrease in the number of people, but we still have more people in Darwin and we've put in place um, transitional accommodation.
accommodation to support them, um, making sure that there is access to that accommodation through through the bus. So certainly trying to put in place as many measures as we can. At this point, do you feel as though those measures are working based on what you've seen in terms of vehicles being stolen, what happened out at Berry Springs? We can never stop in this space and we need to continue to, to make it a focus and that's what we're doing. Now, last week we did focus a lot actually on Alice Springs. The Mayor is calling for accommodation to be set up to get kids off the street and into a safe place. Is the government taking this seriously? Yeah, the Minister for Territory Families and the Minister for Police, Kate Warden, has been looking at this and we've had um, really positive discussions with the leadership in Alice Springs. It is, Katie, around making sure that we have a safe place that um, the teams that we have, we've got NGOs in this space um, that are trying to prevent, and I often talk about the risky behaviour that then becomes criminal behaviour. So um, assisting those young people and and other people, it's not always young people, and taking them to a safe place at night so that our frontline services just can get on with the job and then the next day working through what's gone wrong and what's the longer term need there. So the Mayor had been calling for Urara College, I think it is, to be utilised. My understanding is that the uh, the principal of that school um, hadn't approved that. So what locations is the government actually looking at? So we're working through a couple of options, Katie, and we don't want something that needs to be built. We want a short-term measure, so the Minister is looking at that uh, very intensively at the moment. But you can confirm that there are a couple of options that are being looked at right now when it comes to uh, accommodation for kids to get off the streets and go there if they need a safe place. Correct, Katie. We're looking at both the infrastructure and the legislation, and it comes into that Care and Protection Act around children. If a child is out 10 o'clock at night, to me that is not safe and that is bordering on child neglect. Now, it's not always straightforward, Katie, around that, but we need to have, as I said before, a safe place to take that young person whilst the authorities can work out what's happened, what the situation is, and it could be that they can be safely returned to to family and someone caring for them, or it may need a further intervention. So how soon do you anticipate that you'll have a better idea as to whether either of these locations are going to be suitable and in terms of looking at that legislation? Katie, I can hear the calls from the community via the mayor around the urgency to this, so we're working through it as, as quickly as we possibly can. It does take time, though. By the end of the year? Katie, I would like to either understand why we can't do it or that we can and have those measures in place. Yeah, because I reckon that the big worry then from the people of Alice Springs is going to be what's going to happen over that Christmas period if we don't have a situation where these kids have got somewhere to go. Correct, Katie, and that's my focus too. All right, so it sounds as though you are pretty committed to the community here that you want to try and do this by the end of the year. So, Katie, since I've become the Chief Minister, you've seen measure after measure rolled out, things such as the Sunset School being given funding so that we can have young people. They've tripled their enrolment and that's a community-led school, so that's listening to the local leadership on the ground uh, and other measures that we will continue to roll out. We won't simply say it's not our idea or it's too hard. I'm open for anything. Alright, you've told me that you're open for anything and I know that you'd said that last week as well but um, Tourism Central Australia and others are calling on the Northern Territory Government to have security dogs in Alice Springs or to have security uh, that potentially has those canines like we see in Karama and Malak. Why has that been ruled out? So Katie, we've seen different responses across the Territory. I understand that the police dogs um, are being utilised or intend to be utilised in Alice Springs. I haven't ruled out um, another measure and I'm looking forward to working with 
I would suggest the Alice Springs Town Council around that. All right, so you've not actually ruled it out? No, Katie. All right, because we were in a situation even last night um, where there was, well, essentially the Northern Territory Police are calling for witnesses in relation to an aggravated robbery that occurred in Alice Springs, sorry, on Saturday. So shortly after one in the morning, four adults were walking along Todd Street and they were approached by a group of youths, is what the Northern Territory Police say. The groups allegedly assaulted them while one offender threatened the victim with an edged weapon and demanded his personal belongings. Now, look, we know that the police can't be everywhere all the time. We know that security can't be everywhere all the time, but the community of Alice Springs is screaming out for help right now. And that's why, Katie, we've coordinated our services. You've seen a deep dive into that, so making sure that every government and non-government service that is there is coordinated in that approach, that we're working with the town council, that we're putting in place the measures to stop that unacceptable behaviour before it happens. And as I said, we'll continue to work in this space. But you could literally have security on the ground, like, tomorrow. Um, Why are we in a situation where the northern suburbs, like Karama and Malak, which are obviously Labor-held seats, have that security operating, but somewhere like Alice doesn't? So, Katie, there is private security on the ground in Alice Springs and they were the first location in the Territory to gain that private security. So this is about supporting police to do their job and it's about protecting the community. Alright, let's move along. There's a lot to cover off this morning and the Darwin Festival. Well, last week Fossil Fuel Free Arts NT called for the board to have a shake-up and had demanded that the festival cease working with any organisation involved with fossil fuel. Now, Santos has withdrawn their sponsorship. Do you think that the festival should be directed or dictated to uh, by fossil fuel free arts NT? Katie, we all believe in climate change and we are putting in place measures to decarbonise our energy sources, but we cannot simply do that overnight. And as a government, we've done more work than any other government in the space of environment and transitional fuels to renewable. And I I thought the comments that went further and and named um, a couple of those members of the board who put in a lot, and one of them who is a a proud Aboriginal woman whose family has got a long history uh, of Indigenous leadership and, and, and rights for Indigenous territorians, I found that disappointing. Well, not only disappointing, I reckon it's pretty disgusting. Like, they shouldn't actually be able to name name board members, call for their resignation, and then be dictating to the Darwin Festival board and the Darwin Festival who they should be able to, to have as sponsors. Like, do you think that that's appropriate? So Santos has been a... It is a major employer. It's been a major supporter of community events over a long time. And I think that when you look at these big corporations, Katie, they are decarbonising, they acknowledge climate change as an issue and market forces are driving that and so I think that it's important that we don't just be superficial and look at a a name that we actually understand that work and you need to be at the table to drive that change. So do you think that the board of the Darwin Festival needs to change? I do not have a problem with the board of the Darwin Festival in fact as when I was Minister for Major Events and it's continued as Chief Minister I've watched them reinvent that festival to become a major attraction that I think adds hugely to the lifestyle for Territorians but also drives tourism. So should the festival cancel sponsorships with the likes of Impex and any other organisation that these activists deem unacceptable? I think that people calling for that need to look deeper and understand that globally we're seeing big corporations acknowledge climate change, acknowledge the need to transition to renewable energies and that is being driven. Will the government step in here? 
So we've been strong supporters of the festival. We've stepped in previously, but uh, I do see it as important that they do gain sponsorship, you know, from that broader community. And we are seeing significant economic development in the Territory and it would be good to see that supporting a community event. So if, if they end up in a situation where they have to basically, you know, where they have to get rid of any sponsor that has fossil fuels, um, is the government then going to be prepared to bail out the festival if they can't get sponsors to, to basically fill that gap? I don't want to, um, Katie, you know, preempt that question and say that we would or wouldn't. But what I think the community needs to, is to understand that there is major shifts and changes happening, and that um, things are not as simplistic as a name or a title, and they need to look deeper into that. So, do you support the Darwin Festival in terms of continuing to have sponsors um, that that may be um, linked to fossil fuel? So, Katie, I think that it's understanding that those companies have got the same shared goal around tackling climate change, around decarbonising and particularly with our energy supply and looking intensely at the work that they are doing. We simply cannot change overnight. We have a a transition plan. We have that as a government and so do many of these corporations. So it sounds as though you support the festival having the likes of Impex, let's say, as a sponsor. Katie, I think that we can't just be simplistic about this. We we need to, to balance things up and, and take that deeper look into companies and what they're doing to drive change. Now, um, let's move along. Each quarter, ComSec attempts to find out how the nation's states are performing. Now, uh, in its 13th year, the report also includes a section comparing annual growth rates for the eight key indicators across the states and territories, as well as Australia as a whole, enabling those comparisons in terms of economic momentum. Tasmania leads from Queensland in the latest ComSec report. The ACT and WA follow closely behind. There's not much to separate these economies. Uh, then there's a gap to South Australia and Victoria. A modest gap then to New South Wales in seventh position and the Northern Territory is in eighth or last overall. In saying that, we have had some growth by the look of it in uh, economic activity as well as construction work. Uh, we have slipped through the equipment though, or slipped back uh, though, on equipment investment and population growth. Chief Minister, what do you make of the latest ComSec report? So Katie, this is something I say every time the report comes out. It doesn't compare um, the economies of Australia as it is now. It's it's a 10-year average and it compares the Northern Territory. And when we had that Impex construction project, it was one of the biggest largest infrastructure projects in the world. But this report highlights what we've been saying, uh, that the Northern Territory economy is strong. Um, we're at a 10-year high with the number of apprentices and traineeships. Um, we've got significant projects, both private and defence in the Territory, and our economic future is bright. So are you going to be starting to look at this report any more seriously than the previous Chief Minister, Michael Gunner, did? I know that you've just pointed out, you know, the the flaws in it, or what you see as being flaws, but is it something that you're actually going to take a little bit more seriously? So Katie, I think that, you know, when it compares that 10-year average to the Impex project, it's skewed, and so we would need to look sort of year on year, or, or take that huge project, as I've just explained, out of it, so that we can have you know a bit more of a realistic understanding of what's How happening. How do you reckon we can sort of continue to have impacts as a you know as a reason for these for the Comsec report not 
demonstrating what you know what you might like. Well, I think in the next couple of years, Katie, it'll tail off because it was it'll be about ten years from the post impacts construction phase. And but I think just for your listeners, it, it is important to have economic data from a range of sources. But that is why we sort of say that this report is flawed because it's a um, unnatural high that we're on. Chief Minister, just uh, one last topic that I am keen to find out about. This morning, you are out making an announcement about uh, one of the first projects under the Northern Territory government's flexible workforce solutions fund. Uh, it's been awarded. So Crest NT, in partnership with the aged care sector, is going to look to attract and retain more than 85 workers in the 50 plus in the 55 plus age bracket to support jobs in aged care and services. What exactly is this going to mean for the territory? So this is a really important fund. This is to dr- grow the jobs that we know we need, and this one is particularly important, targeting those workers age 55 plus, um, and we, we really need to get them into that aged care and associated services. It is also a growing need, so this is where we're using NTG to, to drive that and to deliver those jobs to have people here in the Territory in employment, but also attract new people. So it's it's about actually getting those that are a, a little bit more senior, a little bit more experienced, let's say, into the workforce. Um, it's not, yeah, so is that what it's all about? This particular project that's been allocated and, you know, the, the age demographic 55 plus, uh, you know, really have a lot to offer, but I know it's something that they do find a challenge, um, you know, in the workforce, re-entering the workforce. So I think this is a really exciting announcement this well, morning. Well, sometimes what gets raised with us is that you have got people that are really experienced that are 55 plus, but sometimes employers aren't actually prepared to take them on. So Katie, this is an example of identifying a need for workforce and um, targeting that group who we believe have a lot of skills to offer. But this is just one of um, the applications that we have received and we look forward through our um, workforce boost package, our investment of $12.8 million, driving more jobs in the Territory. Well, Chief Minister Natasha Files, we better leave it there. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Take care.